0: My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 240 of The Kate Show. Guys, today is a special episode for me because not only do I get to interview another wonderful client of my agency, but I also get to rant with her about the importance of offline marketing and how to do it correctly. Plus, she shares her emotion-free way of addressing leads who might fuss about her prices while keeping her dignity and her confidence firmly intact. And amen, hallelujah, isn't that what we all need? So if you've struggled with confidence in your business, especially around putting yourself out there or charging for your services, this is the episode you need to hear. So ladies and gents, I bring you Farah Syed. And Farah is the owner and lead designer of Farah Syed Design. She is a proud member of the Interior Design Society of America. She is RIDQC certified and she's a member of her local interior design organization. Farah's goal as a designer is to help growing families with their new construction, renovation, or redecorating needs. And I really enjoyed talking with her just like on our one-to-one consulting calls, which led to asking her to be on the podcast, because as you'll hear in the interview, she does things very naturally that a lot of us would be stressing out about, myself included. And I'm not going to give you a heads up on what those things are. You're just going to have to hear her say them. But suffice to say, if you're like, how do I put myself out there? How do I meet realtors like out of the blue? Like, Do I cold call them? Do I just show up? Like." How do I meet builders? How do I get these connections made that are so important for the growth of my design business? All those questions are going to be answered today, and it's also kind of entertaining at the same time. Before we get into today's conversation, I would like to thank Side Door for sponsoring the podcast. As a designer... You might feel like the only way to make more money is to work more hours or hire more employees or set up a retail location, and that's enough to drive a person crazy because it really starts to eat away at your well-being and at your family time. Sign Door presents another option. You can sell trade-only products and earn an average commission of 30% each time you sell. It's pretty genius. Not only do you have income potential, And you no longer have to think that archaic affiliate marketing is going to work because, spoiler alert, it often doesn't. But you also don't have to worry about the headache of inventory, shipping, returns, or customer support. Curate the room package, make the sale, and get paid because Side Door will do the rest. You can sell each package over and over again, or you could offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package of furniture, decor, and accessories for each client. Either way, Side Door is a smart way to scale your design firm. To earn money with them, apply to Joy. Go to OnSideDoor.com and get started today. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined, automated client process to uplevel your business, look no further. HoneyBook can automate your client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, and invoices. Go to HoneyBook.com and enter the code SOCIALITE to receive 50% off your first year. All right, guys, let's get into my conversation with Farah, where we discuss how to build wisdom and confidence into your design firm. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. I'm here with Farah. Farah, please introduce yourself, and also, thank you so much for
1: coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I am Farah Sayed, Principal Designer at Farah Sayed Design. I am based in Cary, North Carolina, and that's where I serve my clients and surrounding areas, of course
0: yeah and you've really built a beautiful business and i have had the honor of watching you do some of that and you know consulting with you on your marketing and of course we met because we're working together currently and i wanted to have you on the show because you have a unique approach to your business that makes it seem like you might be immune to not being confident and that is huge because as female entrepreneurs So many of us struggle with confidence. If a client is like, oh, that's really expensive. I don't know why you're charging that much. Or they will, you know, initially contact the designer and then they'll disappear. Every designer listening knows that feeling and it's dreadful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I would love to hear the backstory for you. When did you
1: start your design firm and why? Well, it started back when um, my mom was still with me. And she had gotten this course for me. She was an architect by profession, though she didn't practice it Uh, due to her own um, hearing impairments and stuff. So she didn't practice it. But I used to watch her and everything. And she, she sort of transferred this gift onto me. So she basically got me this course, and I didn't pursue it until after my kids were going to school. In the meantime, she did get sick, and I had started this, and we lost her. It became more of my dedication of source that, you know, she started me on this, and she saw that I had this gift in me, so I just pursued it. I started in 2013 after finishing the course, after her passing. I was lucky enough to have a client right away who, uh, you know, hired me right away She had that confidence in me that I could do what she was requiring of me. And so I just started right then. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's what we need when we're first getting started in a business. We just need someone else to believe in us just a little bit, because it is so hard for us to muster up that courage and that confidence out of thin air, you know, and sometimes it's, it's almost impossible. And I think that it's beautiful that your mom saw something in you. And, I mean, as mothers, isn't that what we do for our children? Like, we see their behavior and their talents. Like, you're going to become something. You're very frustrating to me
1: right now, but you're going to become something when you grow up, you know? Yeah, and then I wouldn't say there was some sort of soul-searching in myself as well. It was like, what do I really love? What is it that sparks interest and what makes me happy, truly happy, is interior design. And when I did my house... She was like, You got it. You know what you're doing. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, it just comes naturally. And that's what I love about the field of interior design because it's an art form, but it's also a science. And there are so many different ways of approaching it. And the funny thing is, and I'm sure you've heard this phrase before, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. You're right. But I don't think that's entirely true because I bet there are days that design does feel like work and it feels exhausting, oh, yeah. especially when you get those clients that maybe don't believe in you like that first one did. And I would love to know, as you were growing your business from 2013
1: and onward, what was the most difficult part of that? I spent a good two years really... um understanding how the business has run and how things operate and how things work. And until then, the Facebook groups hadn't really formed where designers were giving freely of their um, experience and their um, knowledge. I was fortunate enough to have that feedback and that, that gracious help, I would say, that I'm sure they didn't have when they were Starting out and things like that. But I took in everything that I possibly could to understand how the business was run and then started working that into my business, starting to set processes in my business to make things seem streamlined. And that made sense a step by step approach to getting things done. I mean, it made sense, obviously, for the client. They wouldn't want somebody who was jumping from here and there and not sure of what they were doing Mm -hmm. that would drive them crazy. Yeah. So I I worked on that. I understood that that was extremely important. So I put in everything that I had into understanding how this business was run.
0: Yeah. And that right there is the catalyst, at least in my opinion, for the success of your business because there are usually two camps of people in the design or really in the creative industry. There are the people mm-hmm. who just focus on the creative aspect. And then there are people who focus on the creative aspect plus becoming a businesswoman. And that's like a whole other career. I mean, crunching numbers and like you said, the systems and the processes and using different software and figuring out how to deal with clients and having your own policies in place. And it can be kind of overwhelming. And I think that I heard you say it took about two years for you to get that ironed out to the point where you felt happy with it. Mm -hmm. And then you started delving into things that were not just like the traditional design project where you're walking into someone's home. And in fact, you told me a really cool story on one of our consulting calls about how you were able to help someone with their project from afar. And it was just such a wonderful experience for them and for you and I would love to know how did that story go like what happened and how did you overcome the challenges
1: of that they happened to be my cousin and they bought a house and they were looking to decorate it and they they knew that I was doing this and just to get an idea he asked me a question back in 2019 he had an bought the house until then, I believe. Then, like, right above, right before COVID was, you know, announced, like, everything was shut down. Around that time is when we actually began the project, and we discussed all of the details and everything, and then we watched to Nabby
0: actually. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. <laughs> so he was
1: like, yeah, I want that, and so I want that aesthetic and that look i'm like okay so i studied that and i um started working on their project started sourcing and things and i thought i i you know i would get some feedback as to you know maybe i want to change this or change that or like when i presented it to them they were like it's exactly what how did you know oh i know how, how did you know what i was looking for and what i what i how did you get it? I was like, I mean, that's my job. Yeah. Thankfully, I got it in the first go. But yeah, so we went on from there. And it was a great experience because they were in San Diego, making sure all of the stuff was coordinated and set exactly from my end. I made sure everything was run smoothly for them. I made sure all of the furniture was received by my receiving company they were delivered and I had provided like a rendering of sorts for them to understand where everything would be placed so that when they came to install the things or put the furniture in they would be able to direct them as to where each of the pieces would go and they had me on the phone as well like okay you know where would this go how do you want this how do you want that so all of that stuff was done From here, everything went smoothly, and they loved it.
0: Yeah. I love that you had to watch Downton Abbey as part of your preparation for the (laughs) that. I mean, I would not mind that if someone told me, you have to go watch this. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a good show. And yeah, so that was like an interesting time to be a designer, the beginning of COVID, and when supply chains were all a mess. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's probably fortunate that you worked for a family member, you know, because you already knew them and their personality. And that's a huge part of how designers are able to, you know, create the design. Because as I've heard from you and as I've heard from other successful designers, that it's always about marrying the concept of what they think they want with what they actually need in a way that represents. Mm -hmm. And that is why design can't be DIY. Because a DIYer just cannot do all those things. I don't know. It's just way too hard. And that's why their space ends up looking like everybody else's because they don't know what else to do. So I love this because it just shows the value of what you offer. Now, I would like to talk about present day in your business. What are you doing right now to grow your business? I mean, as far as marketing, yes, you, you work with us, but... As the owner of your business, there's a lot of marketing that only you can do. So what does that look like? What sort of networking or marketing are you doing? I don't
1: particularly like to speak or be in large groups. That gives me a little bit of a, uh, you know, nervous <laughs> <laughs> <is>, have uh, yeah. <laughs> Something happens, something happens in my stomach. Though, like I, I kind of freeze of sorts. But then again, there was one, there was this one time when I just... Walked into a networking meeting without knowing anybody but one person. Like, let's do this and then get over this thing. (laughs) But yeah, I courage. courage. But on the whole, what I do is I reach out to, you know, local realtors or friends and just, you know, have conversations and get them to um, maybe join my email list and be in the know-how and if they know anybody um, they would refer me to them if they know exactly what what I'm offering and what new is happening at in my company they'll be able to find that person and and refer them like you know she knows what she's doing Mm -hmm. you gotta meet her that kind of thing a one-on-one conversation is basically what I stick with mostly Mm -hmm. and I do that with my vendors local vendors say, um, flooring companies or your uh, countertops, cabinetry, mm-hmm. all of these places, I go and meet, meet people. Yeah. About it.
0: Well, and it's huge, though, because sometimes it's hard for people to get out from behind their laptops and actually go talk to people because it's actually easier to just post things on social media. It is hard to be like, I'm going to walk into this physical Place of business, and I'm going to introduce myself and create a connection there. But this is something that you did intuitively. And I think that's a beautiful thing because design businesses are grown based on relationships, relationships with vendors, with clients, not through something that feels cold like i'm gonna keep hating on social media i guess but that's because there's (laughs) been such an infatuation with social media and it never will accomplish what the in-person one-to-one conversation will accomplish exactly how do you go about this let's say that you're like okay i'm gonna go approach this realtor like do you ask for an introduction to them do you just call them up like
1: what's your strategy I keep in touch with them on Facebook and from time to time we'll meet up for coffee or something and just chat about stuff and then see how we can work together and things like that. There's this one um, new community being built just a few uh, blocks from where I am. And I walked into the model home and there's this one uh, lady over there. She... um happened to be a realtor and we uh, we just, you know, started talking and then we exchanged our information, met up a couple of times, though I didn't get a chance to do what she asked me to until now. And it's on my list to do, to go to open houses when she announces it on her Facebook or something. So those are a few things that I plan on doing a little more in the next year for sure like open houses and a parade of homes and things like that. Events like these are something that I'm planning to go to for sure.
0: So I want to highlight something that you said there because you made it seem very simple and easy. But for so many people, it's not. You said there's a model home in this new community and I just walked right in. Like that takes a lot of confidence. So when you walk right in, I know there are a lot of my listeners who are like, Okay, great. But what do I say? Like, what did you say when you walked right in? You didn't know this woman and no one had introduced you. So there there wasn't even that common ground. So how do you present yourself in a way that makes them want to have a conversation with you versus being like, oh, she's trying to sell something?
1: You know, I was looking around, I just and she asked me if she could help me with any um questions about the house and everything. And I just told her that I'm an interior designer. I just was curious. This new uh, community was being built. I wanted to see the model home and just say hi to yes I mean, yeah. just as simple as that is just say hi. And yeah, I like that. We it's know, people. It's a very low pressure situation.
0: You did not go in with an elevator pitch. You weren't, you know, trying to give her all sorts of marketing materials right away. It was just clean and simple. And... That's how those interactions should be. And I do think that with a lot of my other clients and listeners who are struggling right now with this very thing of being able to just walk in somewhere and have a simple conversation, this is so good for them to hear because we are building it up to be overly complicated in our brains.
1: And it really just yeah. down to being a human. True. I mean, even for myself, it took, and I'm going to be honest, like it took me a few times for me to say, I mean, what? how bad can anything be? Just go in, just look at the house and just meet whoever's there and just say hi. Right, right. I mean, the worst that could happen is they'll say leave. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I don't think anybody would say, but, you know, like you're there to see the house like anybody else. Yeah. You're there to see it and you're out. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for anyone who's new and like just don't fret too much. Mm-hmm. Keep on going. Take baby steps and learn to uh, know that they're not the only one who's having issues with like you know how do I present myself? What do I say? Just just don't think too much into it. Just mm-hmm. say hi and you know break the conversation that way. Yeah, because that's just being genuine
0: and authentic and. I have found in myself and in my clients that the moment we decide to just be ourselves, all of a sudden everything gets easier because now we're not trying to be like, well, I've got to present myself like I'm this successful interior designer and I just, you know, I know exactly what to say at all times. And I've got this perfect elevator pitch that I'm going to present to them. And then, you know, we're going to like book a coffee date right then and there. That puts way too much pressure and expectation on anybody in that situation. So I just love how simple and refreshing your approach is. And I would also like to know how you handle another stressful situation in business. And that is when a client or rather a lead starts to say, oh, you're too expensive. What do you
1: do when that happens? Okay, I understand. Mm -hmm. but this is what I offer. I know what I offer, you know, working with me. I will go beyond what. How should I say this? I'm trying to... Yeah, I
0: think I know what you're trying to get at. You believe in your own services completely, like 120%. And you know that you can deliver above and beyond their expectations. And their hesitancy is not your problem. And I understand that not
1: every situation... Not every client is ready at that moment. And that is when I invite them to be on my email list. So like, okay, get to know me and learn from what I'm offering through my blog posts and email uh, newsletters and things like that. There are tips and things that they can pick up and possibly try to do it on their time and through the resources that they have available. And that was totally fine. Actually, there is this one lady on my list who has been picking on those tips and building on decorating her house that way.
0: Mm, okay. So you can see your your mailing list, especially that one lady, being kind of nurtured in real time by your email marketing. Like she wasn't ready, but now she's getting
1: ready. And it's because you have taken the extra steps to make sure you're top of mind with her. Exactly, and I and this was something I mentioned to you that if I had a chance to hire your services a couple of years ago, I would have definitely done it Thank and, you. and been a little more top of mind for people and nurtured them a little earlier. But you know, there's time for everything. so yes.: there, there
0: absolutely is. And I want to go back to just a couple things that you said, because again, you say these things like they're so simple. But it's actually a big deal. So so number one, when someone says to you, oh, you're so expensive, you don't say, oh, well, let me get you a discount. Let me get you a deal. You don't go there because you believe in your services. And it is extremely hard for some people, especially women, to truly believe in what they're offering, to truly believe, Mm -hmm. yes, this is worth the design fee. And that, Mm -hmm. I would say, comes with some experience. But like you said earlier, sometimes you have to just tell yourself, all right, let's do this whether it's walking into a networking event where you don't know anyone, whether it's walking into a model home and you don't know who's in there or what you're going to say, but you're going for it, or you're dealing with a client who's like, ah, I don't know about this price. And you're like, okay, like the confidence of knowing you don't necessarily need that client, especially if they're going to be the type that gripes about your pricing and your business is not going to be made or broken by one client saying, eh, not right now. But I like how you pointed out that you don't just say, okay, fine, we'll just walk away. It's not the right fit for you. Instead, you have a different offer. You say, well, get on my mailing list. And that is so strategic because there are plenty of situations where the interior designer will take it personally. Like, oh, they said I was too expensive. All right. Well, we're not a good fit and that's fine, which might be true. But to your point, maybe they're just not ready yet and you have the opportunity then to show them how valuable you are, which is exactly what you do when you tell them, go get in my mailing list. Because that's a great way for you to market to them without putting in any extra effort whatsoever because you're already doing the email marketing, whether they're in it or not. So I love Mm -hmm. that you take that approach and that's a very unique personal way of growing your mailing list.
1: Yeah, and then... When they sign on to my email list, they get an introduction of who I am, what I do, and what my background is. Then they are, you know, slowly, they get a series of emails where my process is explained to them, my services are explained to them, and they can just pick on that and just contact me that way as well. Like, oh, maybe this is something that can come in handy for me, and then I can get a little bit of help in getting a certain room designed or did help with ideas and things like that. So I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's the great part about the consultation where I give my ideas. I give them like resources locally if they're not willing to work uh, beyond that consultation. So they get uh, like a summary of what we've discussed in the consultation and they get resources and Locally, that they can shop and get their room done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I can say, okay, this is like one of my clients just recently. I told them exactly where to go. This is where you will find these kinds of pieces. This is where you will find drugs, art, and things like that. And the little knickknacks, like, you know, accessories and stuff. You can probably go and shop at Home Goods. There are some really unique pieces that come around every once in a while. So you can, you know, make make it your own and just, you know, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how, you know, you have your own way. Along with tips and, you know, as to how to hang art, how to hang drapery and things like that. What it would do for the room and things like that. So, you know, those are things that I ask.
0: Yeah. A large part of what you're doing both in person and in your blog and in your newsletter, is you're showing people what's possible because they really don't know. And when you mentioned even just something as simple as letting them know the proper way to hang drapery, you had told me a rather funny story uh, where you were in a store and you saw a couple looking for drapery panels. Can you tell that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was looking for a gift for somebody and they were in that um, aisle. I mean, and when I go to home goods, I have to go everywhere. So I was in that aisle just, well, of course. Some, you know, by accident or whatever. I don't know. So um, they're like, yeah, maybe this is good and that is good. And so I just approached them and like asked them, like, may I ask you a question? Like, how high are your ceilings? And you could want to hang your draperies that, right from the ceiling or if you have molding, you just right below that. Just to long, you know, accentuate the height of the room. Even if it's shorter um, ceilings, it'll still make the space look larger. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, okay. And then, like, I asked them to um, sign on to my email. Got them on my website and asked them to save it. And if they would like to contact me, then, you know, that's, that was it. Like, oh, okay, right. Yeah. And so, like, i like, oh, maybe. <laughs> See, I would like you did that. Different thing.
0: Yeah. You just mm-hmm. approach someone out of the blue. This is like a trend for you. This is your secret sauce. You just approach somebody That's out of the I'm blue saying. and you see that they are in design distress because this couple, I think you had told me before that they were about to get a drapery panel that was going to be like a foot too short. Like it was going mm-hmm. like to be way like too long. long. It was, yeah. It would look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you were there to save them from making a design mistake. And yeah. they didn't ask you for help. You, you inserted yourself and that took confidence and they received it well. And then you did the thing that just makes me so happy as your marketer. And you were like, hey, you should get on my mailing list. I mean, how many of us even think to do that? Like when I'm talking to people like designers in person, I haven't even thought to do that. But I should. Like I am learning from you right now. Just the casual mention of you should just get on my mailing list. It doesn't cost you anything, but you might like what you see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. This is why I wanted you on the show, because you do these things intuitively that a lot of us, well, it should be intuitive for us, but it's not. So I would like to know, what advice do you have for the interior designer who's just feeling overwhelmed, doesn't have this developed sense of intuition that you have yet?
1: She's lacking some confidence. What would you tell her? Start building an email list for one thing and just approach just start visiting local stores and just start talking and break that ice for herself and and this is something that I have yet to do and I think I am probably going to do for my own rooms that I'm designing right now one of them being a guest room and my master bedroom is where I would bring in the accessories and everything necessary to make the room look beautiful photograph it and start posting it through talk about it in your blog post Mm -hmm. yeah post it on your instagram as like a you know aesthetic that you have and showcase it that way
0: right right because i mean you have plenty of other projects and clients but that doesn't negate the fact that your design is still valid even if it's in your own hall And Mm -hmm. for the designer who's like, I just don't have any clients yet. So how on earth am I supposed to have a portfolio to get the clients? And that's where this tip is especially handy because you have your own space. You can style it. You can design it. You can photograph it with your iPhone. There's a lot of amazing filters out there to make it look good. Or you could hire a professional to do it too. That's worth exactly the investment.
1: Oh, yeah. And, um... I mean, it doesn't have to be an entire room. It could be just like a corner in your room where, you know, it's just a vignette.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe like a bookshelf and a chair and, you know, lamp and things like that. Accessories. That's all you really need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because even a simple vignette tells a story and people
1: Mm will start to resonate with
0: that story, especially like you said, if you're kind of breaking down and pulling apart that story in a blog post or in a newsletter, because there's... There's something about that versus, well, here's the image, you know, here's the image on social media, which is fine, of course, definitely posted on social. Mm-hmm. But when you have a chance to expound on, well, here's why I did this. Like Even if it was in my own master bedroom, you know, I wanted a spot for for reading. I wanted a spot for, you know, whatever it was. I, I like to drink coffee. All those become touch points of relevancy because then people reading that are like, I also like to drink coffee, and I would really like a spot to drink it comfortably. Wow! Like all of a sudden, you're creating the need, and you're not mm-hmm. doing it in a way that is um, using negative emotions or salesy. It's just about again showing them what's possible. So I love it. Thank That's you. Excellent advice, Farah. Thank you so much, and to everyone listening, I highly recommend that you go check out Farah's website just so you can be inspired by what she's doing. She's blogging, she's got an email list, and she's got beautiful projects that I suggest you just go admire. But guys, I want you to make sure that you keep your marketing simple, keep your message clear, and never underestimate the power of the one-to-one conversation. Farah, you have really illustrated the power of that, and I am so glad that you came on the show today, so thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right everyone, I will see you again next time. Thanks for listening. Visit us at the com, where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.